Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It's just me and Taylor today because Jenna is out in sunny Los Angeles covering the Super Bowl, so she's hopefully having the time of her life, but we definitely miss having her here. The Penguins are back officially from the All-Star break. That was all last week, and we'll talk about that later in the show because we really, really want to spend this entire first segment kind of dissecting the three bizarre incidents from last night involving Brad Marchand because they were he's he's always been weird and he's always been dirty in more ways than one and even for him last night felt like it was kind of out there he was in rare form yeah he was in rare form first when Tristan Jari was trying to flip a puck up over the glass to a, a Pens fan, Marshawn just took it from him. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. So Jari does this like a lot on the road. I noticed that like even in Vegas too, if he sees a Penguins fan, uh, you know, near the glass, he'll try to give them a puck. Mm-hmm. Um, so we couldn't see like the fan, what he was doing in, in Boston. That's presumably, presumably what he was doing. Yeah. The stick on his, he had the puck on his stick like he was mm-hmm. about to flip it over. Yeah, and Brad Marchand just skates by and, like, knocks it off. <laughs> the stick catches it, skates off, and then just tosses it at – it was, like, it, like, hit an ice crew guy. Yeah. I don't know. I saw – like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, it's, it's him It's him being a rat. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an asshole move. Yeah. But it's also, like – because it's just so unnecessary – so, yep. so much of what, like, Brad Marchand does is, like, rat behavior is, like, when you let the intrusive thoughts win, like, you know, <laughs> like, licking, because licking, he, he's licked more than one guy's face, hasn't he? I think, like, at least two, maybe three. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if the wires just cross in his brain and something yeah. pops into his head like that and it just happens, but yeah, he just skating by and he just takes the puck meant for... Um, a kid. A fan, yeah, that was, that was at the end of the, the second period, and then... Like the very start of the third period, we had another incident where, mm-hmm. you know, so Crosby's taking the face off, his stick snaps on the face off, and he drops it and just goes to like get a new stick from the bench. And Mar- Marshan blocks him and interferes with him the whole mm-hmm. way. It, it wasn't an interference call. No, I, I've never seen a more blatant interference because it it went on for. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, oh my God, like 10 seconds, yeah. right? It felt like an eternity in hockey time. Like it, he was just in the way. And I, it was like one of those instances where you're watching and you're like, okay, but now it's going to be over. Now it's going to be over. Okay. This is, this is it. He's really going to move now. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Cause Crosby, and how was that not called? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how it wasn't. Cause again, like if you we can't embed the videos in here i think we'll get copyright strike for it, but you yeah. look it up i mean i tweeted it, it it's everywhere yeah. on twitter I, i've never seen more blatant interference and yeah again like crosby he's just kind of skating towards him and then i think like after like five seconds he realizes like he's not gonna move and then he finally you can see kind of like bears down and mm-hmm. like actually almost knocks like martian off his feet once yeah. he actually like, started like trying to get him out of the way but i don't know and it's funny like you saw the bench in the video and it's like Aston Reese, Marino, Ruidal, and Pedersen just looking like completely perplexed. 
being yeah. subtle that like what just happened uh with brad marsh and Sidney crosby and it's funny because they're friends mm-hmm. i mean because they're both from nova scotia they skate together right. in the summers um a bunch of you know local guys they you know form a group and and skate together train together yeah uh i mean they played on what team canada got together they yeah might, they might be still weird right now yeah. had uh <laughs> the nhl gone to the olympics mm-hmm. and alternate universe their line mates right oh now but um yeah i mean those t- again like that it, it should have been called and it's kind of crazy but it, that's another thing where it's like it's so egregious it, yeah it's and not really hurting anyone that it's funny <laughs> yeah it's just so bizarre behavior that you don't expect from a professional hockey player in the middle of a game and i think you're right like there there has to be some kind of like i don't know mismatch in the way that his brain sends in like sends cues to the rest of his body because it it just seems like regardless and and i know that like specifically with um like the incident with Tristan Jari at the end of the game, whenever he ended up punching him in, in the head and then slapping him with his stick in the head. Like it, he does try to get under people's skin, but his skin is so, so paper thin that it's really easy to get under his too. And I think that in that instance, he was pissed that Jari was just so incredible last night, but in all of those other encounters it's like what are, what are you doing like why are you looking people's faces bro like that's disgusting yeah it, like stealing like the puck away jar just trying to give it away it's just so unnecessary weird that so that's yeah. what's funny but the, yeah the thing yeah. In, the, in the final minute that was rough it's, it's it, there's like debate about what led to it, but yeah, like you said, I mean, he punches Jari in the side of the head, and then as he's being like led by by the officials, he goes to like hit him with his mm-hmm. stick. Um, because uh, you know what, Bergeron got hurt earlier in the game, just right. kind of like an unfortunate collision with Crosby. Their feet got mm-hmm. tangled up. He went into the boards, and he, yeah, he didn't come back to the game. Uh, Jari had. I think hit Coil in the stomach like a little bit before. He just kind of like yeah. put a stick out, but Coil was fine. He didn't even go He down. didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people, you can see Jari saying to some, something to, to Marshawn in the, in that, like right after the, the whistle, mm-hmm. but everything I know about Tristan Jari, I don't think he could have possibly said anything that. Yeah. Out, you know, outrageous that would have justified Marshawn's reaction. Um, right. And, the the Bruins coach uh, Bruce Cassidy he said afterwards, um, you know, it's a lack of discipline, obviously, on Brad's part in that situation. He said, um, he said, you know, like, oh, I, 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 someone said, you know, Tristan had said something to him. Like he said, he he didn't know what led to it either. Um, and then he went on to say, you know, you've got to have better discipline at the end of the day. Brad's a leader on our team, and he needs to control his emotions. So, mm-hmm. um, I think interesting for the coach to, you know yeah it is interesting yeah because like if if you look at the at the flip side there are a lot of people who are upset with the penguins forwards for not laying into to brad marchand after that incident happened because you need to stick up for your goalie but at the same time it's it is it, it reinforces the idea that just because something happens 
to lead up to an incident like that doesn't mean that the incident has to happen in response. Like he, if, if Tristan Jari said something, okay, you still don't need to punch him in the head because he's a goalie. Like if he, if you were upset that he swung his stick, you didn't need to swing your stick back at him because the Penguins did nothing to retaliate against Brad Marchand when he went after yeah. their goalie. Like you don't, you don't have to do that just because something goes down doesn't mean you need to respond to it. But yeah, it is interesting too that people are very outspoken about the fact that Penguins forwards were kind of very passive in in the moments that followed that whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, you look at who was on the ice at the time. I mean, because it was, it's like Latang, Crosby, like it's not the guys who are going to fight. Um mm-hmm. And also, if you look at, like, when he actually did, you know, like, swing a stick at, at Jari, a couple, not everyone on the ice is even looking at it. Like, Crosby, I don't think Crosby mm. even saw it in the moment. Nope. You could argue that maybe someone like, you know, like, Brian Boyle should come off the bench and go after him, but yeah, what what, what are you going to gain from that? Um, it, it's the last minute of, of the game. Uh, yeah, and he so he is facing supplemental discipline. We're recording this like Wednesday evening. He has his hearing um, sometime Wednesday evening. So by the time this comes out, there'll probably be a decision already. It isn't. It's an in-person wow. hearing. In-person hearings are on Zoom this year, so it's it's a Zoom hearing. But that opens up the possibility that it's at least five games. Given his history, uh, you have to figure that it's going to be somewhere around probably there. more uh, yeah maybe but at the same time like probably not I have very very low expectations yeah, for the NHL and uh, it does seem like they're really gonna do what's appropriate and I, honestly that's the only thing that is going to stop guys like that from doing those things like uh, other players like I saw Tyler Kennedy posted a video about how guys now are going to go after Tristan Jari. They know that they're not going to do anything about it. Okay, yeah, but I feel like guys like Brad Marchand invite that kind of chaos. So if you do fight back, it's not going to stop them from doing more dirty stuff in the future. Like the only thing that's really going to stop them is if the NHL steps in and says, nope, you were suspended without pay for this many games. Sorry, you're losing out on like a couple million dollars. Oops. Yeah, I mean, even looking at his suspension history, it's pretty lengthy with everything he's done. The dirty hits, the licking. I'm pretty sure he got a couple games for us. So I don't know what what it's going to take for him to change. I don't think he can change. I like Malkin. Malkin's wife posted on Instagram um, like a clip of the the punch. It was on her story of you know just the punch and the swing, and she said five. Um, five game suspension in 10 hours of, of meditations. So uh, I have more faith in her as you know, being in charge of player safety than the actual heads of player safety. Oh goodness, but it's embarrassing five games and make them meditate for 10 hours. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll put, put Anna in charge of player safety. She would do a better job. And that's, that's saying something. Why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back to break down the rest of the game. And we are back. So yes, the Penguins played the Boston Bruins in Boston last night and ended up coming out of it with a win, 
which was surprising given, given how they started the game. They looked pretty sluggish, pretty slow. And I think we've kind of all come to expect that of them after lengthier breaks. They just take a little bit of time to sort of ease back in, it seems. But there were definitely some highlights from the game, specifically Tristan Jari's performance and Danton Heinen coming back to life. That was that was huge for him and for the team. Yeah, I mean, what we've been talking about, the lack of, of depth scoring and, and how, you know, because but they lost four games coming into the break. And part of it, the reason why is because the only people putting up any points are the stars, you know, the power play, the, the top line. So for Danton Heinen, yeah, Danton Heinen, that was a revenge game for him because he he was at the Bruins. Uh, mm-hmm. The Penguins signed him out of Anaheim, but when he was in Anaheim, he never played against the Bruins, so this was his first game um, yeah. back in Boston. And yeah, two goals in 28 seconds, which, uh, crazy. I The Penguins put out a stat that's the quickest two goals by any player uh, by any Penguins player since Marty Straka did it in, I, th- I believe it was like 2000. Um, yeah, I think he had like seven, seven seconds. So, uh, Jeez. yeah, just really impressive from Danton Heinen. I mean, that's what they need. Tristan Jari, I believe that was the he had forty three saves. I think was the final number. It was the second most shots they've allowed all um, in a game all season. Wow. Um. So yeah, he was huge. But yeah, I mean, going back to the start, they have kind of had a, a trend here of like really bad starts. Um, and so Malk, Malkin was in protocol. Malkin didn't play the first period, very sloppy. And it, 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 I, I, we were talking last week about how, you know, a lot of their problems aren't on Malkin. Um, right. You look at, you know, when Malkin was in the lineup and, um, a lot of the, like on ice, like the advanced metrics, even like the rate of like turnovers and stuff like that. It, it really wasn't any different from when he came back to, yeah. Before he came back. It's like mm-hmm. everything everything is kind of falling apart. Again, the lack of depth scoring, a lot of things you can't put on Malkin. And then again, yeah, the first they got it together after the first period. But yeah, in that, that first period, they look the same. So I think yep. if that's not enough evidence that mm-hmm. their problems aren't Malkin's fault, I don't know what is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a good uh, response after the first period to, to come back the way they did. Absolutely. That was super encouraging because it, it, you just never know in, in those kinds of games, like if they're going to have it in them to bounce back and respond, or if it's just kind of going to be how the whole game goes. And they really did. They, they still, you know, I, I would say that I saw this second and third periods and I, they still were kind of outplayed by the Bruins, but Tristan Jari was absolutely the the difference maker in this game. My goodness. He, and it wasn't just the amount of saves that he had to make because he was like over 40. What was the stat? Like something I think it was insane. 43, but yeah, it was the second most they've allowed all season. Mm-hmm. Insane. And they were be- like in- insane saves, like the especially had, down to the wire. Oh my the, goodness! He had one behind his back that kind of yep. looked like that one Malcolm Subban had against the Penguins in in the game against uh, Buffalo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was huge. Uh, Brian Russ, I think he lost a tooth or like got a tooth. It chipped. Yep. Yeah, it's either chipped or I don't know. Sometimes when it is chipped, they do end up just taking it out or it falls out. Uh, yeah, I I did a story. I think it was like 
two seasons ago, three seasons ago, where I went out and like all the guys who were missing teeth, I asked them, you know, like, what's the story? Um, mm-hmm. And the Teddy Bluger it had, it was like the grossest one. And he also like had the most detail or it, it, it wasn't just mm-hmm. shift, but he said, um, it was like over the next, you know, couple of days, it just started sliding out of my face. <laughs> so, and like, he, he just told me the story. And I was like, that's disgusting. That's pretty gross. But, that's um, pretty nasty. So I don't know if we'll see, uh, I, I, yeah, I think it was just a chip tooth for us, but I don't know if we'll see it, uh, yeah. taken out. He, he, did the post game interview with Potash and uh, he he smiled and he said like I have a hockey smile now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot. He he was taking a beating in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, he got hit friendly fire by um like a block shot. He's he's had you know like like terrible luck. He he hasn't played a stretch really of more than ten games this season. But it's yeah. Not like you can say he's injury prone because it's all different things. It is. It just feels like so many bizarre one-off incidents that are kind of like not preventable. They just keep happening to him. And it's like, that would, that would literally injure anybody. And these wacky things just keep happening to him. So hopefully, hopefully he'll be okay for the next game. And I, we, yeah, Malkin is potentially going to be back yeah so not not next so we're recording this on wednesday so thursday in ottawa no just because ottawa that's right they practice in boston on wednesday Mm -hmm. he he, he's negative so he doesn't have covid anymore he he didn't test um so the way the nhl they are changing their testing protocols they're not testing asymptomatic um players anymore there was one final round of testing come out, coming out of the break, regardless, um, just to get okay. back to the facilities. Malkin actually tested positive a couple of days before that. He was symptomatic. Mm. He texted the Penguins trainer, Chris Stewart, and told him that. He got a test okay. during the break. So it has been, you know, like the at least five days uh, yeah, for him. Yeah, gotcha. But because just Canada, the border rules, it's been too recently for him. He can't travel to Ottawa. But the expectation is that he'll play uh, in New Jersey. Is that Sunday? I think it is. Yeah, Sunday. Yep. Yeah. So um, he should be back. Uh, other good news. I mean, Drew O'Connor um, skating with the team. He's reportedly, Frank Saravalli reported he's recovering from a um, collapsed lung in San Jose. Oh, the team man. wouldn't confirm that. Mike Sullivan wouldn't comment on it. They'll, mm-hmm. They're just saying upper body injury. My but, God. Pretty serious. Uh, and then Teddy Bluger is, is back skating, which is Yeah, which is awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, not – And that's – yeah, not that a broken jaw is a good thing. Like, for his personal life, that is absolute hell. But if, like, if you look at it in terms of a hockey injury, that is something that you can start to play – sooner after because of all of the protection that you can wear and it doesn't affect the rest of your body um yeah and it, so it probably also means that his jaw wasn't like wired shut because yeah because he's he's able to eat again like he's not oh thank god oh, that would be miserable milk jake shakes he's not <laughs> um, but yeah he's not just you know so milkshakes he's able to eat again um so uh we don't know it, they they were on this road trip. He did skate in Boston. He did go back to Pittsburgh uh, Wednesday with Ty Hennis to just kind of skate on his own uh, back there. But yeah, just uh, encouraging news injury wise, COVID wise, collapsed lung wise for the Penguins uh, moving forward. Oh They're getting healthy. Oh, and that we is... have, we have to mention. So 
what last week we were talking about, you know, who they should recall. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about Valtteri Pustinen. What are they doing? Malcolm goes in COVID protocol. They recall Valtteri Pustinen. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't end up getting in, in the game in Boston because Danton Heinen was a game time decision. He, had, he did end mm-hmm. up being able to play, obviously, he scored two goals. Yeah. But. Um, but you didn't say play. You said recall you him. Bring and, him up. So, yeah, so that happened. We've, we've manifested a lot of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, our track record there. is like spotless. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see Pustin and get in a game. But again, if you're going to put him in, he's not someone that should just be like on the fourth line replacing Dominic Simone. He, he, he's just not, he's not that kind of player. Yeah. Um, I, I think I said it, you know, last week that, you know, Wilkes-Barre, they, they produced a lot of bottom six type players who have seen, you know, different varying amounts of NHL time, like Angelo, Lafferty, Bjorkwitz, mm-hmm. Teddy Bluger. Um, but they haven't really produced like a real top six type forward since Jake Ansel. Um, yeah. And Valtteri Pustinen reminds me of Jake Ansel the most of anyone since Jake Ansel came up. Um, and even though he is offense first, he is very responsible defensively. J.D. Forrest talked about that yeah. a lot in Wilkes-Barre. Sullivan in, in Boston, the practice was a Monday. Had a lot of praise for him, too, like that area of his game. So um, I think he's ready to see NHL time. I don't know how much more ready he could be. Um, but, yeah, I, just with the way things are going right now and they're getting healthy, I don't know if it'll happen now. But, I mean, no rush. He's He's young. Yeah, he'll get there. But it's all it's good news all around. Let's take one yes. more break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Taylor, you had the fun privilege of going to Vegas last week for the All-Star game and there were some Highlights definitely worth mentioning. I know the Penguins, uh, Jari and Gensel, who were there, they had some they had some fun with some stuff. And then the skills competition seemed to be the highlight. I only saw a, a couple of the breakaway shots, but can can you uh, give us some some things that were uh, kind of the the best parts of your trip and your favorite things that you saw while you were out there? The best parts of my trip were all the Italian food at Italy, uh, at the hotel I was staying at. But aside from all the pasta I ate, I mean, it was it was just a really fun weekend. The Metro Division they won the All Star Game, the, the three and three tournament, uh, yes, so I, they get to split a million dollars. And Gensel, he, I mean, he had a goal and, and two assists in that game. He, he looked good. He was mostly playing with Claude Giroux, and they had, like, nice chemistry together. They had a couple of other chances that could have been goals. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird thing to see. They were both yeah. asked about it afterward, and, like, Giroux said, like, yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> I think Gensel said it was different. Um, and then Jari, uh, he, he played – so, like, they split the games. He, on, mm-hmm. When he played in the championship game, he played the second half. And uh, he had, like, 14 saves on 15 shots. So, great performance awesome. from him. Yeah. Especially, um, like, towards the end. Because So, the first games, you can tell, like, no one's really putting in, like, 100% effort. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. it's the last game, a million dollars are on the line. And um, it was a close game towards the end. And the other team is pushing. He mm. he made a lot of, like, good saves, like, late mm. in, in the game. Um, 
So great performance by him. But yeah, honestly, the skills competition was the highlight of it for me. Um, Jari, he he did the the save streak, uh, which I saw on it. It's not the most interesting thing to watch. They came in, the Metro Division came in last in that. Well, uh, Jake Ansel, he did do the accuracy shooting and he came in second. Um, Good for that's him. That's one where there's four targets and they have to hit, and it's it's timed. And he he only took five shots. I liked um, so something new this year. Everyone got to pick which song plays when they're doing their um, skills competition. So like Jari for the Save Streak. Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa, but um, Cancel Pill picked Milkshake. Um, that was epic. Yeah. That, again, like, he, he only did it in, like, uh, 12 seconds, so we didn't even get to hear that much of Milkshake, but um, just so fitting from him because of, you know, obviously the Milkshake Factory promotion. But Take shakes. Um, so that was cool to see. Um, the I think the highlight of skills competition though was was the breakaway challenge. It, this was the first year the breakaway challenge was back since um, twenty sixteen. They took it away because I don't know. It was like the most popular thing when it was around. And if you go back like I don't know, like years ago, like not even that many years ago, but it used to just kind of be a trick shot challenge. Um, who could do the most impressive? Have the most impressive hands, or you know, most yeah. creative that way, but. People started taking creative, like, in a different direction. And I, you would see, like, people bring up props and costumes. But Tomas Hurdle in 2016 wore, like, a Justin Bieber mask for some reason. to shoot on Jordan Bennington because ben- Bennington and Bieber had, like, they had, like, they had, like oh beef God. or something at the time. But, yeah, so we were seeing a lot of that. So it was interesting, you know, when they bring it back in 2016, what's this going to be? It was, it was, like, not a trick shot competition at all. It was like a hundred percent you know fun props costumes stuff like that which i liked it i don't i saw some people on you know social media didn't like it they because it was too far in the other direction but i don't it's it's an all-star game skills competition it's supposed to be fun i don't know what you'd be expecting to see from that but uh i right the creativity we saw, the one, one I really liked, Jack Hughes, because it was Vegas, he turned it into, like, a magic trick. He came out, he took, like, like just a normal trick shot, uh, didn't score, and then he was like, hold on, we're going to do it again. And they bring out, like, um, just, like, a black box. He opens it, it's empty. He puts on, like, a top hat, like, a cape, dressed as a magician. He throws a bunch of gear into the box, opens the box. A little kid dressed up as Jack Hughes comes out, does the exact same move Hughes did the first time, and then scores. Um, so that was cool. But I think the highlight of, of the breakaway challenge was Trevor Zegras, who, not even an all-star, the NHL brought him out just to participate in this in the skills competition for this event because, I mean, what he has a Michigan goal this year. He has the Michigan assist, something we've never seen before. Yeah, um, nuts. He's... If he were in a different market, he would probably be like the most popular player in the league right now. Uh, just he's so fun. Um, the stuff he does on the ice, but just his personality. Um, mm-hmm. He shows a lot of personality, which is something just rare to see. But he just seems to be having yeah fun with everything he does, even the way he talks. Um, I, I think we mentioned it last week that you know. Uh, he, he calls like everyone dude, even like his coaches, uh, that's been reported. So 
I don't know, just a fun guy. I, I, I love his attitude. Um, very skilled. But yeah, so he comes out uh, dressed in uh, a uniform from the movie Dodgeball. He comes out. John Gibson comes over at Blindfold Zegris. Um, and he did confirm after, like, he couldn't see anything. And yeah, like, it was oh like my God. double folded. There's no way he can see. Um, and then. Even if, like, he weren't, and so then he, as he's skating down, the mascots come out and they're throwing dodgeballs at him. Even if he wasn't blindfolded and dodging dodgeballs, the goal alone would have been, like, incredibly impressive. But the fact that he's doing yeah. it blindfolded, um, I don't know. He didn't, I don't he even didn't, know. He didn't, he didn't win. He should have won. I, whatever, I can't remember, the March or so or March Stone, one of the Vegas guys won. Yeah, and it was like the least interesting. It, again, it doesn't matter. All this is fake. No, it but is. I the, the NHL needs more guys like Trevor Zegers. Oh my god, he's he's just like so exciting to mm-hmm. watch. He just really brings an element of unexpected intrigue to the game and he, yeah, he should have won. That was the only one that I saw and I was like, I don't even need to see anything else because that how did that not win? Yeah, it was the the one I, I can't remember which Vegas player won, but yeah, he just he just brought out like the Golden Knights drumline and like lined up the sides and and took the shot. It, it, the way they judged, I think they used to it used to be a fan vote when they did this before. If it were a fan vote, like uh, like on on Twitter, or whatever, they didn't. He Zegers absolutely would have won. They had guest judges. Um, oh. Mark Messier was there. Um, Paul Coffey, but then they had, like, Terry Fader, um, other, like, Vegas people. And then there were, um, so there there are two new events added, just unique to this year, just because it's in Vegas. They brought them out to, like, the Bellagio Fountains and had them do kind of, like, a, like, a target practice, Mm -hmm. uh, type thing, accuracy shooting. It was, they're they're not, like, shooting through the fountains, they're just, like, on the water. I don't know. It, It was kind of boring. And then there's another one they did outside where it was basically blackjack plus accuracy shooting where they shut down, uh, like, <laughs> the strip to do this. Oh, my gosh. Again, it, it, it was, like, a cool concept. It kind of dragged in, in practice. Um, I don't know. But it, it did get – so the, the All-Star game next year is in Florida. Like, what kind of fun things are they going to do in Florida? It, oh my goodness the panthers arena in sunrise it's nowhere near the actual beach it's, it's not like they can just bring them outside put them in the sand but i don't know and I, I i tweeted too and i was like if pittsburgh gets an all-star game again like what kind of fun uh pittsburgh unique things are they gonna do i suggested uh who can merge over two lanes on the fort pit bridge the quickest mm. i'd love to see that yeah that would be a, that would be a real skills competition <laughs> really um, would. Yeah, trying to figure that out on your first go. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah looking forward to next year in, in Florida. But mm-hmm. uh, after the skills competition, so that they, you know, they do the the availability after Jari and Gensel, they do theirs at the same time, like sitting together. It was kind of weird from the beginning. Like they're they're laughing like the whole time. I thought they were just having a fun time. Someone asked uh, Jari just like about the atmosphere and just you know just a, a fun night, just a question like that. Yeah. And Jari goes, um, you know, like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's hot dogs in the room. It's like pond hockey. And, like, Gensel, like, I tweeted the video. Gensel's laughing for, like, 30 straight seconds. Like, he needed some time to recover from that. 
And then, like, I asked the question next, just, like, what, you know, what was your favorite part of, like, the breakaway challenge? Like, kind of an invitation to talk about, I don't know, Trevor Zegras. Um, and Gensel kind of gave, like, a weird answer. He was, like, it, it was, like, yeah, they put in a lot of thought. You could tell they thought a lot about it. They put in a lot of thought. It was really cool. That's the Vegas baby. And then, like, <laughs> what? And then, like, they're, but they're still laughing. So, again, like, we just thought they were having, like, a good time. Um, and then the next morning, the Penguins put out, like, a video on Twitter where, um it's just like one of the pr guys evan shaw tells them before they go out like you have a challenge you have to mix in you know between the two of you the three phrases hot dogs pond hockey and that's vegas baby so the giggling like from like you know against on all it was just i think him trying to figure out like how am i gonna say that's vegas baby like naturally (laughs) an answer um and then yeah but you watch like the video of like jari doing it it he he was so you know it's such a poker face straight face when he's saying like yeah there's hot dogs in the room like no one questioned him like everyone's like like we thought it was funny but he was so <laughs> you know deadpan like we thought like, okay there's they're eating hot dogs in the room like because why would he lie about that but he was just the delivery was so good but yeah part of the bit uh the next night after the game i did ask him like was that all part of the bit, or were there like actually hot dogs in the room? He said there are no hot dogs in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I personally would have been disappointed. I would, I would have wanted there to be hot dogs, right? <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, just just a fun weekend. Uh, again, Soul said it was good for just like recharging. You said they're gonna have a new battery going into the second half, and um, I, I think we at least saw that from from Jari, where he seemed. Uh, I mean, he needed a lot of energy to put together those what forty three saves, so. Um, yeah yeah they needed they needed that break you know four game losing streak heading into the break they come out of it they get a win um guys are getting healthy so uh yeah just just a good weekend looking forward to the next uh, all-star game looking forward to pittsburgh getting one at some point um yeah that'll be great because pittsburgh's an awesome city with a lot to offer so even though the the weather isn't always the best it, it would be really cool to have that kind of an event come here yeah i mean well because uh, people well f- people uh, were when they announced like Florida people were asking like when is Pittsburgh going to get one the thing is the NHL views all these kind of like big marquee events the same like the outdoor game the draft Pittsburgh has had two outdoor games um like Mm -hmm. last like 15 years um they've had the draft uh so and they had a draft get like late 90s early 2000s too yeah so they, they've had a lot of the because these are the real money makers for this city so that's why and then also you figure it's hard enough to get guys to want to come to the all-star game mm-hmm. you know, how many guys like back out um, yeah where if if you're gonna take them somewhere are they gonna be more likely to go to florida or like pittsburgh in the middle of the winter i think they'd rather yeah. go to florida so probably i don't know how long it's gonna be before pittsburgh gets another outdoor game uh the new so Batman in his press conference he did say so Fenway uh is gonna be the all-star game next year Boston's hosting it we don't know the opponent yet but the owners of Fenway Park mm-hmm. think they want the hockey team they now own to play in it yeah there are so, there have been rumors that I've seen at least that the the word on the street is they the, the Bruins and the Penguins will be in the winter classic so if that actually um that actually happens it would be pretty cool yeah it would make I a lot think. of sense because it's gonna be at Fenway again Fenway sports group owns the Penguins now uh it would be a good matchup there's at least some history there so oh uh, yeah well yeah that'll be fun 
it will be fun. Uh, and this is always is fun. Thanks for listening to podcast on fifth Ave. If you aren't already, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is. You listen to podcasts, follow us on Twitter and on our YouTube channel so that you can be there for the drop of the videos each week. And we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.